Leviathan. Yeah, Go. Uh, Leviathan by John Lehman and Nick Katara. Um, I hope it's a car and not somebody just jamming in front of the <laughs> store. Wow. When did this song come out? 80s? I see a ship in the harbor. <laughs> it is a car. Cool. It's parked in front of our store and people are dancing. Nice. I've had <laughs> people do that before there. <clears throat> this is our life now, Jeff. I know. <laughs> what if you guys talk and I just go, hey, does that mask? <laughs> just got to find the frequency. <laughs> I'm your noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> so wait, what is, should we just go downstairs and flash the lights or something? <laughs> so it's like being in a bar and having just somebody shoving their junk in your face, like dancing while you're trying to talk to somebody. <laughs> you're like a scene of Night at the Roxbury, you guys. I don't know if, I don't know if, your fans know this, Jeff, but we are recording this right in the heart of downtown Bellingham. Urban downtown Bellingham. Downtown Bellingham? We're in fucking New York tonight, guys. NYC. You and I and Roman, in and I and C, are... Roman! What? I don't get these references. They're not references. We're molding. We're molding. molding. Okay. We're sculpting. We're gonna call the cops! So, like, yeah, let's just get into the meat of Leviathan, which... Yeah, so... I just don't know if I can do it. I have ADD. Like, I just can't really do it. Roman, you can't be for all of this just because you like the bands. Podcast in Bellingham, Washington, episode 93. Come oh, on God. down, <laughs> Roman Stadler, Django Boring, Woo! Jeff Figley, feeling good. Django's got his belly button out. We are on fire for Christ today. Feeling good, looking good, loving it. Where every Tuesday we get a whole bunch of comic books um, from UPS, uh, whether it's Jana or Jana training a new person oh. this week. That happened to me. <laughs> I saw that. It was good. Was he? Was he or her crying? No, he was wearing a superhero shirt, and so I thought, ha, "Cool, <laughs> got, got it in." <laughs> um, because everyone really respects the industry. It's, yep. it's the game in town. The game. Respecting the game. Where every Tuesday we get the game, we bring it into our game store, and we come up here to talk about the game. It's all in the game. I'm Jeff Figley. Um, Want to turn it into a wire reference. Jeff McNulty Figley. It's all in the game. I'm shooting it. Django... <laughs> Bubbles, 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 boring. <laughs> and Roman, have you seen The Wire? I'm Roman. I've never seen The Wire. <laughs> so I can't play. I'll see you later. <laughs> and you're out of the game. <laughs> it's down to just us two. <laughs> uh, 
We're going to spoil some stuff. Yeah? We're going to spoil the spoil shit out of the game. All this stuff. Um, and let's, uh, well, what are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about Leviathan, number one. The Seeds, number one. Cosmic Ghost Rider, number two. Death of the Inhumans, number two. Justice League? Is that Justice League? I or knew Legion you were going to do a bit. Oh, you I son of a bitch. I sniffed it. Uh, son of a bit. <laughs> Justice League, number five. Uh, the Immortal Hulk, number four. And Mr. Miracle, number ten. I was born of the bit. Molded by it. <laughs> I've abandoned my bit. I've abandoned my bit. <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to watch There Will Be Blood again. Uh, listen, we're going to so spoil some So if I tell you I am a bit man, I'm sure you will agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's hot in here tonight. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> I didn't get that one. That's the last line in the movie. Does I'm finished. I'm, does he? Oh, yeah, yeah he does. He beats the guy to death. And then he just walks out. Sorry, spoilers for There Will Be Blood. <laughs> he beats a guy to death with a bowling pin. <laughs> that movie has such an abrupt ending. And again, it's because yeah. you said that it's the first half of a book, so that makes sense. Yeah. Oof. But weird place to end that. That's one of the reasons I always keep coming back to, like, what is that movie about? Because how does that end in a way that has it feels summative? Yeah. It's not, it's, is that, that's not even the first person we see him kill. No. Right? Does he kill he his fake his brother? Brother, yeah. Man, you guys got to see There Will Be Blood before you listen to what you just heard. So actually, let's just do two casts tonight. Let's do one where you and I talk about There Will Be Blood and Roman Listens, okay. and then we record a co- a, 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 co- a co-play poco. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's why I stumbled, is because I was doing something real special. Right? Working reward. John Lehman and Nick Patara. That wasn't just a bad edit job. That was an abrupt change in subject. Just like the end of that movie. Exactly. Segway. You're on fire tonight. You're the Segway guy. Like the Ghost Rider. Turn it down. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Leviathan number one by John Lehman and Nick Patara with Michael Garland on Colors. So, Roman, you, you had feelings about this that I actually feel exactly the same about. Which is, the story was fine, but the art was really, really cool. Yeah, the art was awesome. The story yeah, was okay. Um, uh, there's the Kaiju Monster Fest. Our heroes get out of it. Um, Ryan DeLuca is our main, our main, main guy. He's having a party at his house. Pretty lame. Nine people. He goes on a beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. Oh no, we are trying to get B double E double R U N beer run. Drunk people on the street. I don't even know what that is. Roman, I don't know what it is either. I have no idea. B double E double R U N. Django, we had momentum. Django just went on a beer run. He goes on a beer run with his buddy. While they're out, one of the lamos back at the party, Goth Jimmy, gets his briefcase out. He says, "I know how to kill some time." Then we flash to our two buddies out on the bear run. There's an explosion from under the earth and a <clears throat> kaiju, a giant red flame, kind of flamey breathing monster shows up and start decimating the town. And he's got weird, like, some kind of symbiote uh, snot symbiote? flying out of us. Yeah, symbiote. Symbiote. So, Coming out of him. Yeah. So this is a, this is a pretty straightforward kaiju kind of storyline, right? Yes. And Cloverfield, Godzilla, Satan. I kind of wonder, <laughs> can you have a kaiju story that's not like this 
level of kaiju story. You know what I mean? Like, could you have, could you break new ground with this Parasitic theme? kaiju. Sure, but it's still a big monster wrecking into buildings and killing people's girlfriends. Like, Well, I mean, you know, like fungal spread kaiju that infects people and then everybody is working as a form of this monkey or, you know, monster. That could be a kaiju in that it's a big monster widespread but doesn't necessarily have to result in a single giant monster ruining a city. Good elevator pitch, Jeff. So that's my elevator pitch. <laughs> Done on that. Wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like... Um, Story-wise, you get exactly what you can get from this type of story. Yeah. And art-wise, you get, I think, some of Nick Patera's best work. I do think some of his best work. But it also is, like, more stylized than his work usually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got, like, squatter heads or squattier and, uh, like, shorter and wider. We got, t- like, it's it emphasize, emphasizing the cartooniness of things while also... Being, I think, of a higher caliber than most of his stuff. So yeah. it's not necessarily better by becoming more realistic, if that makes sense. Um, I really liked the Trump a, a couple stuff. of panels. The Trump stuff was hilarious, where he's got like yeah. big old man hand gloves that he puts on. And murals of himself <laughs> with a big old bush. Yeah, big old blonde bush. You think that's a merkin? I don't know what a merkin is. Yeah, prosthetic pubic hair. <laughs> I found some of that on the table before we recorded this podcast. <laughs> uh, I also really like the panel where... It's kind of a sad panel, but where the the main character's girlfriend gets hit in the head with a brick. Yeah. I thought that was a really, like, gruesome panel. Some of that. his stuff, like, earlier we see goth Jimmy's thumb, but you don't realize that's a thumb being pricked as part of the ceremony he does. And later on we see it, the monster rising from inside the earth, I guess. And you see his, like disembodied thumb and stuff the skin is like dripping off it like wax oh yeah where he's it. yeah, yeah. Right. He's, like, he's wow, separating just... the skin on there it's so gross it really is a deep cut on the yeah. thumb um did you guys catch the uh the felixart.com yeah there's plug. little art things in the back of all of this like and just frank frank's name is in there and mm-hmm. yeah and there's the uh the jeff darrow yep. plug in there where in this main Main two-page spread. There's a D and an arrow up in up in forever. one of the buildings. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, forever. Oh, I didn't catch. Oh, yeah. Sweet. He hit all sorts of gross little stuff in here, and it's it just seems like the story is just. I mean, I guess out of one issue, which is all we've got, um, the story is just sort of exactly kind of what you think you're going to get. But it seems more than anything like an excuse to give Nick Patera open, you know, open season on going totally buck wild on drawing stuff and yeah. And that's really all I wanted out of it, and all, and that's what I got out of it. I really liked Ellie Crabtree's shirt, the um, the the uterus, the uterus with the fist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. And and the main thing, the kaiju, he designed a beautiful kaiju. I mean, it's got these these weird side, like kind of predator esque mandibles on the sides of its mouth that yep. have these. It's webbed, but it has all these little claws. I mean, little compared to kaiju size, to help it because it can't. I don't think it can actually reach its mouth with its main hand, so it has these little claw scooper thingies to help it. It's got a big old stuff. fat kaiju butt, though, so I wonder how mobile it would really be. Well, that's in the drawings on his sketch page. 
It shows the thing's tail, and he's got these extra big yeah. stumpy legs to support his tail, because that was one of the things Godzilla people are always like, well, how could it possibly even move? It's right. so huge. Oh, he's got tail legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how a dinosaur had a brain in its butt. Yeah. It's really... Do you know about that? have brain butts? Some of the big ones did, yeah. Like like a, a brain to control some of their really basic tail functions and stuff. Wow. I like that they're making a stuffed version of it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I give it an eight. I think it's a gorgeous sort of artistic tour de force. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's okay for a comic to be that. Uh, yeah, the Ocho. I'll give it a seven. It was fun. I'll read the next one. It wasn't, it wasn't as, I don't know, as Kaiju Maxi as I was hoping for, but. You just want weirdo prison scenes. Yeah. With your Kaiju. Nothing's (laughs) wrong with it, really. Hmm. So I guess we're sort of cruising right along here tonight because we've got cruising a solid along. hour of recording time eaten up by our super good, crazy drug-dealing buddies down on the street in their <laughs> sweet-ass white van with in-utero stickers on it. <laughs> I don't think this is what Kurt Cobain had in mind, bro. <laughs> um, but we are cruising right along, planting seeds in our mind. Ooh. The seeds. Good one, bro. David Aja and Ann Nascenti. Uh, this is the second Burger Books uh, within the Dark Horse uh, imprint book to come out, which is maybe it's the third. Matahari was the first one. Oh, right? you're right. You're totally right. Yep. yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um, man, this book was something else. This book was something else. This book was something else. This book was, was something else. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I just noticed it, but this uh, it looks like the whole thing is done based on a nine-panel grid. It's not a strict nine-panel grid because there are panels that take up six or right. three, but the whole thing is cut up into nine and then and then used. Yeah, Roman so, mentioned that to me in the car today, actually. Nice. So this follows uh, sometime in the future. There are two sides of a wall, and one side of the wall has technology, and we keep hearing that the other side doesn't, and people don't really go between the two. One of the main characters is a reporter and another one is this gas masked um person maybe who seems to be collecting information and having sex with people on the technological side and then sneaking across to the other side and uh by the end we find out that maybe they're an alien like an x-files gray alien looking thing yeah one line of dialogue that stood out was that in like maybe the two aliens talking to each other, the subordinate says, "Well, they, they don't actually look like they're on the ver- verge of extinction, and if they're not on the verge of extinction, why do we need to capture their seeds to then like resell or plant?" Like, you know, so there's some assumption that this is a group of people that are going around and gathering seeds for dying species to yeah. then either repopulate or or distribute in some other way. And then these guys don't get paid unless. Earth goes extinct. Right. Yeah. Um, man, I I am totally lost in this book, but I really like the world that's built in it. Yeah, Roman, what did you think? I, I am also kind of lost, but I'm captivated with it. I mean, there so many little details in this world. I mean, I mean, the stuff about captivity, animals, humans, whatever's going on with these aliens that, that are harvesting seeds us i'm not quite sure what they're exactly harvesting um and it's beautifully drawn i like this i like the the would this be sepia tone 
Well, what'd you call it? It looks sepia tone. It's, it's like monochromatic. Mono- yeah, but it's a little bit more more diverse in a single color. But it is. I think it's gonna probably get more colored or something as it goes. I feel like. I guess it's duotone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's two. But David Aja, he did the uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye art. The bulk of that, and yeah. he's, you know, specializes in graphic design and stuff. So it, all of this is really really beautiful. And I guess the Hawkeye stuff was relatively. It was a pretty thin color palette, like a lot of, yeah. you know, like four or five colors really at a time and not much more than that. Did you guys catch this uh, shot of the alien and his girlfriend or the girl that he's taking seeds from or giving seeds to? Uh, there's like a, a memory of them having sex mm-hmm. and it's the same as the Watchmen. <laughs> it's the same as the Watchmen people oh. and the same as the uh, atom bomb shadows in uh, Hiroshima. In Hiroshima, yeah. Huh. Yeah, so huh. it's like the same, oh, the same body language there. I thought that was kind of cool, and I like the magpies or whatever who are kind of introducing scenes to us. Like when we go outside of the hotel, they say, "Got a room? Yeah. Got a room?" Yeah, yeah. There was some kind of like little. It's not quite a Greek chorus, but oh, and I like the fact that when they're in the the club death, and somebody's doing whatever this drug is. He's got one of those stupid horse heads on. Mm-hmm. You sell those people. You could be just like this guy. That's right. And they're not stupid at all. They're awesome and only twenty four ninety five. Yeah. Well, they freak me out. So. <laughs> and there's something about bees in this, and I kind of wonder if we're not going to find out that bees are the seeds that they're collecting. Bees or hexagons. Yeah, or cause hi- the, hives. Because those pat. Yeah, those hive patterns are. That's the first thing we see, first page, and and it's it's on. Uh, Lola's arm. She has a tattoo yeah. of that same. It's on her tattoo. Pattern. It's also the aperture of the camera. I, I give it a seven point five. I I like it. I didn't get a lot out of it, but I really like the artist, and I'm excited to continue reading it. It didn't feel like a chore to be reading at any point, mm-hmm. but I also I didn't get super engaged with it. But I am curious. Um, I I think that more color maybe would have gotten me a little bit more intrigued, but it it wasn't bad or anything. It's an intentional choice that they're making. I think I'd give it a seven and a half. I would guess that by the end, I'll be giving this series an eight. Yeah, Um, I think so too. I really like the quote on the back. They tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. Mm. Mexican proverb. I'll give, yeah, I'll give it a, I think a seven and a half. Mexican proverbs. Um. <laughs> Roman. So listen, you guys, <laughs> is it all right if we sort of step beyond the veil of reality and travel through the Kate's Gate to our mind's eye? <laughs> all right. Because I love this guy and I love the teleportation sphere that he creates within fiction that takes us inside the, the Kate's Gate, the mind's eye, the fifth dimension. Justin. Cosmic Ghostwriter number two by Donnie Cates, art by Dylan Burnett. What'd y'all think of this one? This serious bit of comic booking. Holy shit. Yeah. Sky Baby. Sky Baby. Um, what are you talking about? Sorry, you, sorry, I've got I've got I've got uh, Age of Aquarius stuck in my head now because you said fifth dimension. This, this is, is the, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So we could do that for a while. <laughs> At the end of the last issue, Aquarius. Frank, Cosmic Ghostwriter, tried to kill Thanos, couldn't, so he just strapped into his back, and he's like, I'm going to raise baby Thanos. 
and they're hanging out in this bar, and he's like, because I heard about this place or whatever, and it turns out he heard about this place because Galactus was going to show up here when he was buddied out with Galactus, and Galactus <laughs> is about to destroy this planet, and then he, you know, uses his powers to get inside Cosmic Ghost Rider's brain and realize that they were buddies, or not buddies, but allies. In the future. In, yeah, right. In, in Galactus's future, but not... Ghost Rider's future. So then Galactus is like, I gotta get rid of this Thanos baby. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can raise this baby. And then Uatu shows up. And Uatu <laughs> is like, could you really think that there's anything that is not stupid as shit about that idea? <laughs> and then uh, after that, we get the future Guardians of the Galaxy showing up, which is Jubilee and like Kamala Khan as Captain America and Cable and Howard the Duck after it's become the Jugger Duck. <laughs> or is it the Duck or Not? The Duck or Not is better. Although I like Jugger Duck too. They're both pretty good. I, yeah, I couldn't decide when I read it. And then Groot Rocket Raccoon. So <laughs> Rock Groot? Groot Grooter Coon. <laughs> um, this book's ending like didn't get me quite as excited as the last issue's ending, but the whole issue itself, I think, was fantastic. I guess I don't care too much about the Guardians of the Galaxy in any incarnation. It took me a second, because I don't care much about Guardians. I don't care much about most of the characters that are in this Guardians, but after I studied that page for a minute, I was like, all right, I'm still totally in. Oh, like, yeah. like, this is almost as awesome as... Um, Baby Thanos in a uh, burning chain snugly on Cosmic Ghost yeah. Rider riding Lobo's space machine. So how about yeah. like when at the be- at the beginning when uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider is bringing up murder and then Thanos is like, well, what is what's a mass murder? And there's <laughs> more conversation than Thanos. Baby Thanos is drinking beer and he says, yucky. Tell me more about murder. <laughs> so like, and that cute. just made me think of Brayden. Yeah, he's always saying yucky. yucky. <laughs> like when when baby Thanos tries to jump at one of the bar patrons to kill him, and Ghost Rider just yanks him the back chain. on the chain and catches him. Oh, I wanted to do that to little sale. kids. I wanted to like have a have a leash like that on my kids at yeah. certain points. And I, just, love, and I love the look on baby Thanos's face, the innocent child look. Every now and then he pops yeah. into. No, it's an adorable. And the fact that it never occurs to Frank that you know maybe you're the one that first taught Thanos about right, murder. Right, right. You're you're creating the thing you're trying to stop. And space sharks, baby Thanos calling Uatu Sky Baby. Adorable, <laughs> so funny. And then Frank reacting to that later. Like, yeah, that's nine. I give this comic a nine. Yeah, I'll also give it a nine. This is super good. The art is perfect for what this book is. It's adorable. It's hardcore. It's hilarious. It's Donny Cates has. We're, I think we're just getting a really wonderful upturn in the quality of a type of comic book right now, and I kind of put Donny Cates at the the head of that ship, for me. Yeah, I'll also give it a nine. Just so much fun, and I don't care about the Guardians either, except for Jugger Duck. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. Duck or not? Quack or not? <laughs> Howard the Howard the Knot. But listen, we've circled the cosmic cemetery. <laughs> We're still in the in the the ghoulish confines of the Kate's Gate, staring down the celestial mind's hole of the universe into the veiled face of Vox from Death of the Inhumans number two by Donny Cates and Ariel Olivetti, colorist Jordi Belair. Bondage bad guy. Bondage bad guy tickles me. <laughs> Stop tickling me means tickle me harder. <laughs> Uh, Django, process that. Uh, so are you reading this one, Django? No, I'm not. Because you don't care about the Inhumans. I read the first one. Okay. Uh, I think I read the first one because of Donny Cates. Yeah. And 
I didn't read this one because I don't care about the Inhumans. And I don't have a huge love for the Inhumans. Spoilers! But I do really like Black Bolt. Spoilers! He's the <laughs> part of the Inhumans that I like the most. Spoilers! And on the last page of this... Spoiler X. He split, slits, slits Black Bolt's throat um, in a really wonderful sequence of... I got like three quarters of the way through the book and he was doing this awesome sequence about how, you know, Black Bolt went into the throne room of this political parlay they were having and Vox is there, but he's like murdering everybody with his voice as he's reciting all the names of the dead inhumans that have died, that have dead because they're died. It's like a graduation <laughs> ceremony. Exactly. Except for everyone's dying. And that was I, beautifully done because his, his Black Bolt's voice, I mean, he's, there's guys like, being split in half mm -hmm. by his words. So good. But it occurred to me how I was like, oh no, this is the like the triumphant sequence right before this dude's gonna get axed and mm -hmm. then it pretty clearly happens. Yeah, because Vox is already like beating Karnak, which you didn't think anybody could yeah. do that to Karnak. And it's unmistakable like where they cut Thanos' head off last week. Spoilers yeah. uh retroactively. Right. Retroactive spoilers for last week. <clears throat> but he's also on the cover of the next issue, so I don't know. Black Bolt is? Yeah. He is. I mean, there's no way he's going to be actually dead, dead, but so oh. far, every issue of this, he's living up to that last issue, final page. Dude, look at this panel. Look, look at that panel. He just cut his vocal cords. That's all it is. NBD. That's true. That's a cooler idea, I think. So, this, I didn't like quite as much as Cosmic Ghost Rider number two, but I did think it was just super, super cool. Like, he just writes these books that. Just go down smooth every time. Oh, yeah. What do you guys give Death of the Inhumans? Django? I would give it an I for incomplete because I did not read the complete thing. No, it's not incomplete. It's Inhumans. Yeah. I give it an I for Inhumans. I give it an 8.5 because it was just not quite as good as uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider number two, but still great. Eight points, Kate's. 8.5. I've already forgotten what I gave Cosmic Ghost Rider. None of your Nine. goddamn business. <clears throat> Nine of your goddamn business. Oh, I like well, it. I'll give Deathly Humans an eight. And yeah, I agree. It wasn't as good as the very first issue, but it was still good. And we're just going to keep on running through this, everybody. We're not recording this on our normal day, but we didn't realize that Thursdays were the gathering of the street folk. So we got to keep <laughs> Chud corner. running Worshiping as fast Axel, as we Rose. can, lest they catch up to us with their horrible butt rock and drug dealing. <laughs> Butt-rocking drug dealing. That's redundant. Butt-rocking drug dealer. That's a <laughs> shirt that pe people should have. Jeff. Yeah. Justice League number five. Right. By James... T T Jimmy T.I.V. Jimmy T.I.V. Thank you. James Tinian IV, Doug Monkey, um, Jamie Mendoza on inks, and Will Quintana on colors. You told me that this was your favorite comic ever written. What's the deal? I just love it, and I just don't like other things. So okay. it's not so much that this is the like, the best thing ever written. I mean, it is, but it's just that everything else is not that good. All right. And so this one crept in at a four, but, you know, <laughs> I've just been really down on everything lately. What's, uh, what, like... What's so fory about it? it? You, you absolutely loved it. I read it. I liked it. You could probably even say I liked it a lot, but it didn't... 
connect with me like it did with you. There's a couple things that I really liked about this issue. I loved that it seemed a direct response to Justice League number one, and that it sort of started with this monologue that crept then into the explanation of this fortress. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of done by this narrator that is very interesting and omnipotent. I love the idea of the fortress catches none of the light from the molten rock it sits within. This is by design. The material of its shell was mine. Like, it exp- explains in direct contrast to, like, this is the justice, the hall of justice that absorbs sunlight and is always glowing. Mm-hmm. So I loved, I loved that it seemed such a response to the other one. I also am a huge sucker for references to that Super Friends TV show mm. because that, to me, like... My earliest memories of understanding superheroes were, were like that show. Like sometimes sure. there would be a babysitter houses yeah. and that show was on. So I really like that aspect of it. Is that Legion of Doom Hall there? Is that that's from the show? Yeah, yeah. that's one like yeah. in the swamp. Except there, yeah, it was always in like the swamp or Solomon Grundy's swamp, maybe. But here I love it's they've upped that. I love the fact it's in a volcano that Vandal Savage mined the material from Scartaris, which I love the references to other DC realms. That's Scartaris' DC's version of the Savage Land. It's in, okay. it's in the Earth, and it's where the Warlord by Mike Grell, he, he hangs out there. I really liked um, the conversation that he strikes up with this issue about what makes somebody evil. And Lex and Sinestro have this interaction in it where Lex is basically telling him, like, you know, like, what are you trying to do, right? Like, what are you about to go do to try and solve this big problem? And He's like, you probably want to go team up with the Green Lantern Corps to, like, restore order and control of things. And he's like, but there's something inside of you that always wants to take, just, like, take control yourself. Are you going to silence that voice again? And I just really liked that conversation. I really like the idea that that it's bad guys aren't just bad guys and good guys aren't just good guys. I really like the idea that all people have both voices, like a you know, devil and angel on their shoulder, and it's which one you choose to listen to mm-hmm. that defines who you are. And I like Lex's ability to tip Sinestro in that regard. So it painted villainous in a way that was very believable to me and justified uniting all of these people when in reality they've all been kind of anti-hero-y lately. So, right. so that. I like the idea of Lex going far into the future and you know it was a couple days ago even i forget exactly what happens there but everybody sort of recognizes him and he's built this ode to himself and i don't know grog i just love basically lex luther going around and gathering the troops and finding buried this doorknob that has the same hall of justice glyph that you know the justice league has encountered and it, uh, yeah and it looks like the hall of doom or oh. or the the Skullhead, yeah, the Hall of Doom, is that what they call it? Oh, you're totally right. I thought yeah. it was supposed to be the same symbol of the Justice League one, but I forget. I just forgot. The Upside down one. it is, yeah. right? I've been liking the Justice League book a lot. By the last issue, I was sort of like, okay, like I'm ready for maybe something to happen, and now I'm glad to just be sidestepping over here. Scott Snyder has said that every five or so issues, uh, Jimmy TIV is going to be doing one of these, and I... I really like that. I'm really interested in these characters, and I love villains when they're written in a way that doesn't make them one-dimensional, just bad people. Yeah, because what I was really impressed in this was the way Luther, because he's an egomaniac, he's not going to cooperate or use other, or have other people be his teammates, but the way he gathers each of these people, because like 
Grodd's the only one because of his powers that can control the uh, uh, the turtle's baby, who he needs to control the quick or the slow force versus the is speed force. Is that why that turtle is there? Yeah. Also? Yeah. So each of these characters, Luther is manipulating because he needs them to do something for him that he can't do himself. So at one point, he says, you six or us seven. And there are yeah. only six people on that cover. I don't know who the seventh person is or supposed to be. Oh, where does he say that? Uh, I forget which page it is, but I think it's when they're all gathered around here. He says, like, yeah, I wonder you know, who the seventh one is. of us seven is each you know, going to represent an aspect of something. Or maybe, like, is it when he's talking? each participant best suited for one of the seven forces described in these papers. Mm, I wonder who the seventh one is. Because I'm is still waiting. Is it Superman? Maybe, because we're controlling Superman now. Well, I wonder, because I'm still waiting for, you know, Black Adam and Solomon Grundy. Uh, yeah, Solomon Grundy Bizarro awesome to show up, because they were all in the yeah. Legion of Doom. I really like the last page where he's hovering over Superman's brain inside his body, and he uh, takes over Superman. Yeah. that That's, like, what's happening in the current, right. like, in issue and four. Like, I give it... Um, you know, I didn't like it as much as some of the other books that I read this week, but I just, I really love when superhero books are done well. So I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5. It, it's, it's, I think it's great for a superhero book. It I, is. I'm going to give it a 7. I, I liked it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was good. I, uh, it didn't, it didn't land with me as well as it landed with you, but uh, good, very good comic booking. And I really like Luther's uh, time travel machine. Yeah. It looks a lot like Booster Gold's time travel machine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it an eight. It's got Gorilla Grodd in it. My favorite villains. I love Gorilla Grodd. I want to watch some of that Super Friends TV show because I haven't seen it in 20 years, I bet. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I probably haven't. But it really shaped my understanding of a lot of these characters. So, Roman. Yes. Where are we? Um, I don't know. It feels like it's like it's going on for quite a while. Like we're almost immortal. (laughs) You are at least making segues today. At least making them. Segway Statler. 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 The immortal Segway Hulk. This cover is another beautiful cover by Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. The Hulk stomping along, cracking the street open underneath his feet, and he's about to slap two cars together like he's like like what do you what are two things you slap together? Two big fans. Right. Fans? Sure, fans. <laughs> I slap fans together all the time. You know what I think? I think that Alex Ross has found the book that his color palette fits. Yeah, because yeah, it does right. like he. A lot of times he's a little washed out for me for superheroes. Yellow, a little green, a little orange. Yeah, yeah. Like his his lights coming from the right direction, but they put the wrong bulbs in it. And you're totally right. It's like it's sun faded. Like yeah. he does a lot of stuff. Like it's just a little sun faded. And the this this is all these Immortal Hulk covers have been set at night, right? Yeah, and they've been really really good, really good. Roman, is this holding up for you? Oh, it is. This is. Like my new, I don't know, top three favorite books. It's uh, inspired by the first first issues, the first six issues of the original Hulk series in the '60s, where he can only be, he come becomes the Hulk at night. And wait, in the original Hulk book, he could only become the Hulk at night. Yeah, in the first six issues, then it became Tales to Astonish, and he could still only become the Hulk at night. It was a real werewolf type of thing, Whoa. Jekyll and Hyde and werewolf thing. Rick Jones used to lock him in this this underground chamber that Bruce Banner designed to keep himself contained and at night he'd always be like oh Rick lock me up before it gets dark and wow yeah and wow it, it's a combination of that and the horror element from 
I was I want to say Rampaging Hulk, the magazine Marvel put out in the late 70s, early 80s, which was the first place I saw Moon Knight because it was a backup. Guess what? I've never read a thing with Sasquatch in it, and this was all Sam about Squanch. Sasquatch, and I loved it. Sam Scrange. <laughs> I did too. It's good to see. He was my favorite Alpha Flight member, and it's good to see him back. He looks... It's funny, his face. I really like the way... Um, who's the artist here? Alan Burnett. Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett. <laughs> um, I really like the way Joe Bennett draws Langowski's face because he looks feral with these eyebrows and his, his mutton chops. He looks like a feral kind of maybe dangerous dude, except he's always smiling and happy and he talks about how laid back he is. They did an amazing amount of character work for that guy yeah. in this issue without ever directly doing expositional character work. Yeah. Like, I, I know a lot about that character now, having known nothing beforehand and never really directly being told anything about him. Yeah, they did it so well. They, they you know, he's talking to the reporter and we find out that's how he knows Bruce Banner and and that reminded me, I knew that from Alpha Flight years ago. But yeah, he was roommates with Bruce Banner for like one semester. They sure do paint old Bruce Banner as a shitbag. Old Bruce Banner or young Bruce Banner? Young, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, old, young Bruce you know, Banner. Young old Bruce school. Banner. When he yeah. was you know, older ago. Yeah, it was a surprising how, and that's the point of the flashback. Walter was like, yeah, you know, he was fine, but he had his issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, very, very judgmental of Walter for being a, a jock. He was there on a football scholarship. Um did he ever go to a comic book convention dressed up like Sabretooth? Oh, that would be great if they said, if they mentioned that at some point. <laughs> um, a thing that I, this issue, again, further solidified that notion that exposure to gamma rays increases your susceptibility or hallucinations with this, like, green door hmm. with which through is this other energy or entity or persona or something that overcomes you or possesses you. And I I just really like that story element in all of this. I do too. And I like how they worked that in with Walter's, with Sasquatch's origin because in the midst of the Inuit or whatever, he was, something came through that door other than the usual gamma radiation in the Marvel Universe, something from the the gods of the north, a demon that possessed him mm-hmm. so he's his powers are mystical and gamma irradiation combined did you just say sasquatch maybe okay. I, I think that he does say <laughs> sasquatch sometimes okay. yeah all right like sasquatch sasquatch no i, I like sasquatch very good and then i love that I like he gets <laughs> murdered <laughs> that like the guy gets murdered in this issue who gets murdered sasquatch all right and uh <laughs> he gets sauce murdered and and it's only at that moment where then the dialogue says, you know, Blake, but he has this in common with me. And you're like, oh, shit. That, like, so, you know, he's evolved to this point where he can control the Sasquatch transformation, but he got murdered. So now the the personality in charge of this entity is dead. So the subconscious, the Sasquatch, or now the Now he's Hulk, just stab Squatch. Yeah. Oh. And, and now he rolls out. And I, I love I love that aspect of the Immortal Hulk that mm. seems new to this series and then immediately being able to draw a parallel in continuity with another character. Like, damn, that's good writing. I'm Al upset that I'm not reading this book. It, it looks really cool every time I see yeah, it. Yeah, and the art, I mean, look at Sasquatch's hands at the end. They're so oh. sinewy and claw-like and He's gross. got Lobo veins in them. Yeah. And the art Terrifying is... Terrifying series. ...is awesome. 
uh, I was really happy to see this artist on it because the last issue was the one that had the flashbacks to different artists. Mm, and yeah. again, at first, I'm just like, ooh, do I like this art? But then it just gets into a zone. Like, again, I'm on record as not loving Alan Davis's art, and I feel like this is sort of in that school of Alan Davis. Yeah. And this, I really like, so it sort of makes me start to see what other people see in his art. Yeah, me too. And again, look... They kept Walter Langowski. You'd think, and he gets between these two guys in a bar fight and gets himself stabbed. And you would think, after all his time with Alpha Flight and with Captain Marvel's team up in the space station above the Earth, whatever that's called, because he's been up there, you would think he had more experience that this kind of thing wouldn't happen. Oh, little in joke there. The bar they're in is Trimpy's Burger and Beers. <laughs> Herb Trimpy, who drew, Trimp. who right. drew Hulk for like, I don't know. A hundred years? Six, yeah, yeah. That seems to be happening more and more in comics, especially with, like, Tom King, but, like, sort of subtly nodding yeah, and to it's, the and it's been readers. green neon. Yeah. <laughs> Gamma neon. What do you give it, Roman? I'll give it a nine. Nice. Yeah. 9. I think 5. I'll also give it a nine. You're going to give it a 9.5? Yeah. Cool. I'm also going to go nine. I just... I'm, like... I think it was the second book I read this week. I, I'm excited to read it. I love that it gives me joy without needing to activate the most cerebral part of my brain, which usually is what makes me enjoy a thing the most. Django, you, is that a masturbatory gesture? Was no, that... I was, that, was a, that was a buckshot okay. and, a, and a, like a raised eyebrow and a, a cocking shotgun. Not I a never know, when you're, I never know when you're patronizing me and the things that I like. Uh, it's patronizing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we're doing a butt buckshot or oh, if we're doing gonna, a buckshot. Are we gonna, are we gonna, and you're up on it. Go. Oh, shit. Okay. So <laughs> um, I, actually, I have oh, that'll teach. Okay. I have to God, go. I thank have to God, I'm not even out of the bags and boards yet. Oh God. <laughs> oh. Now they are. They go. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, Batman versus Bruce Wayne, number fifty-two. This continues the. Uh, Mr. Freeze, kind of the fallout from the wedding disaster. Wedding, not wedding, and uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, Lee Weeks is the Tom King of drawing. <laughs> I guess my favorite parts of the art were all the different fights that Batman had with Mr. Freeze on one page, and he's got different helmets in every one of them. Mm. Awesome, awesome comic. I also read The Adventures of the Super Sons, number one. It's pretty funny. It's pretty cute. It's Tomasi and Gleason doing the Super Sons again, and I'm a sucker for this Super Sons thing. I kind of wish that the Super Sons had more Superman and Batman in it because that's the relationship that I like the most. I, I think that the two boys are just kind of dicks to each other and like each other, obviously, and you can you can juice all that in, a, in an issue or two. Uh, it's also the first appearance of a bunch of kid, alternate dimension kid bad guys like Kid Joker, Kid Luther, etc. So keep your issues, folks. Yeah, keep them. Hold on to them. Uh, I also read... The Quantum Age number two from the world of Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire and Wilfredo Torres. Uh, this is very cool, far future, set in the world of Black Hammer, and I just like everything Black Hammer. Uh, I I would be okay if Jeff Lemire just kind of stuck with Black Hammer like he like. Um, Mignola. Shit, Mignola does with Hellboy. That's not true. That's not true. I want other stories from him. Right. I want I want him to write everything. But by if the he time could it's do over. this while doing other stuff. Yeah, very, very good stuff. He's doing, like, the, one, the, one of the next miniseries from this is 
a Captain Weird one. Like, you're the strange guy. Okay. You, with, um, with, like, the space guy with the helmet. Right. But yeah. the artist is Rich Tommaso, who did Spice Seal and Dry County what and Dark hell? Corridor. And I've seen some images of it, and it's just crazy. I trust him. Yeah, Man, no, me too. He, he very rarely disappoints me. Even, like, a lot of his mainstream superhero stuff doesn't work. Right. But his his own superhero stuff does. Batman, I'm going to give us an eight. Super Sons, I'm going to give us six and a half. Quantum Age, I'm going to give a seven and a half. Is that all I talked about? Yeah. Holy shit. Hey, Roman. Hmm. Give me that Rombone. Drop it. All right. <laughs> uh, the Punisher. Jesus. <laughs> I blew it already. That's the six Prisoner. Seconds. The Prisoner, number four. This is the final issue of this series. Um, again, holds up really well compared to the original. Uh, the ending is perfect. If you were a fan of the series, saw the last episode, you're really going to appreciate this. End uh, of the series? End of the series. Wow. Four issues. Robots versus Princesses, number one. I really wanted this to be cuter and more charming than it is. I mean, it's cute, but it's a little too... Oh, look. Look how cute this is without enough substance. Um, but there's some really cute pink owls in it. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, number four. Mark Wade. This is still just a lot of fun because Mark Wade has a science background and he really gets into the science of the quantum physics of Ant-Man and the Wasp and how their powers work. And I dig that. Tell me about Captain America. Captain America, coolest thing about this issue, a lot of more stuff with Sharon and uh, Cap and her, the relationship, his, everybody thinks he's still Hydra Cap, nobody trusts him. Um, coolest thing I thought about this issue is the ending, spoilers, I don't know why this didn't occur to me, Coates is going to bring together his two Marvel books, Black Panther and Captain America, into a combined story, it looks like, exploring nationalism and... Mm -hmm. and politics, societal stuff, all that. Is he bringing the Space Black Panther and Captain America together? No, good 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 question. I should qualify that. No, this is current Marvel con Marvel World Black Panther oh, and, and Wakanda Wakandans. It's a great cover. So I guess Black Panther the main series, he's exploring the future of the Black Panther legacy, and in Captain America, he's going to continue exploring current T'Challa. I want some scores from you. I'm really bummed that I never read Prisoner. I still haven't seen it, but I just really want to. That story it's, all it's, makes me really it's interested. Cool. Get the trade. Uh, Captain America, I'll give that a 7. Ant-Man the Wasp, I'll give an 8. Uh, Robots versus Princesses, I'll give a 5. Prisoner, I will give an eight point five. And the series, the series, I'll give, I'll give a, I'll give it a ten. And the TV show, I'll give that a ten. Okay. It's so wild. Is it one season? It's, I guess basically it's seventeen episodes. No, that's Firefly with seventeen episodes. I think it's thirteen, 13 episodes. Okay. Are they all hour, half hour? Uh, yeah, just under a half, just under an hour, okay. I think. Okay. Did you yeah. read the uh, mid '80s Prisoner uh, four issue prestige format? Was that no? It wasn't was it Peter Milligan? Was Who wrote it? this I one? I don't know. This, this was, one is uh, Peter Milligan. <laughs> it was it was the same guy that did um, Terminal City. Nope. Dean, uh, Dean Motter. Dean Motter. Wow. Dean Motter did a four cool issue Prisoner. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> I like that. I'd, I'd like to, <laughs> but I wasn't a Prisoner fan back then. Jeff, go. So I read Infinity Wars number one by Duggan and Diodato. Um, 
Diodato's art is art that I really, really liked when I was getting into comics. And at this point, I'm a little tired of it. And I don't really know, I don't want to be hoity-toity or something, but it's it's just lost its sheen for me a little bit. The big thing about this is we learn who Requiem is. Um, and spoilers, it turns out it's Gamora. So Gamora killed Thanos and is just killing people. Oh, she and all finally killed stuff. her dad, huh? Yeah, finally did. Sweet. Um, I also read Batman 52 and... I just, like, the coloring, Brightweiser, is really doing a great job in this issue. Much like Django, my favorite pages were the pages of him fighting Mr. Freeze at different times. But I also just really, really love a book that is about conversation and about solving a thing and getting to the bottom of an idea and sort of refining an idea. And I love the way... We keep having these moments where we'll have a shot of Batman fighting Captain Mr. Freeze and it'll be a member of the jury introducing themselves to Bruce because they all know Bruce, but he doesn't know him. So Fred, Bruce, I used to live in Metropolis. It's nice there. It is. It's not like here. Well, the weather's better. Like just this, there's a lot of really great dialogue in it. Tom King is the master, but um, Lee Weeks is doing some of the most beautiful and cool looking art there is. And like Django said, the seeing Mr. Freeze's suit evolve is so cool through the art yeah i really liked seeing the each of those big pages of them battling each time mr freeze was in one of his different suits yeah and the the one page that has the just really stark lighting where it's dark for most of it but um i guess it actually happens more than once but there's just some like really illuminated white shots i can't find the page it's like that page it's on the right side where is it there this horizontal one oh, of him yeah. like taking down Mr. Freeze, and the only light source in the image is the gun that's going off, and everything is in its shadow, and it's just so masterfully the, done. That page has the same body language as the cover to the last issue, right? With uh, issue fifty-one had Batman with Mr. Yeah. Freeze over the edge of a building, yeah. and it also looks a lot like Sin City with just a couple yeah, more colors right, for sure. So it's like that kind of stark. Um, I give uh, Infinity Wars a 6.5. That one seems to be almost like a Donny Cates book selling for like shock value stuff, but not having the substance that a Donny Cates book does. It seems like they're doing things like killing characters or revealing characters because they know it's going to sell issues, whereas a Donny Cates book actually feels like that stuff is part of the story and it's, like, fun. A Donny Cates book feels like he's giggling the whole time right. he's writing it. Right, right. Like, he and just this... loves it all. And I I forget how you described it, but I love it. It's like a comic book made out of other comic books. Is that yeah. what you say? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, it's just totally true. It's like somebody who's been eating comic books and then they throw up joy. <laughs> and then Batman... Um, I'll give it a nine. It's just the perfect blend of beautiful art and, you know, action, but action that is there because of dialogue and an intelligent conversation. So Mr. Miracle number 10 by Tom King and Mitch Garretts. Ten? Ten. Ten? Ten, yeah. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. I'm Django. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, let's start at the cover. Yeah. Which one? What do you guys pick? Do you pick the, uh, the scary negative but also positive... Image of Darkseid, or do you pick the uh, Scott Free crying at his son's birthday party with a Batman mask on his head and a balloon popping? I pick the the Nick Darrington Darkseid cover. You're wrong. Cover. But I haven't been a dad, <laughs> and also I haven't been a dad. But You're not wrong. It's an amazing cover. But that one... They're both amazing. I mean, I just noticed... 
he's, he... I just noticed he's got the kids uh, and, flat, and Funky's drawing here yeah. in the background. But I picked Dark Side. Oh, God, you Dark guys. Side I mean, is. it's just, it's just Dark so, side yes, wins. Dark Side is. Dark Side Look is not his a father. And, and his whole face is Thanos' chin. It reminds <laughs> me of a Frank Quietly face. Has anybody taken a picture of that and inverted it to see if it's a true negative? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's an awesome idea. There are prints made of it. They were at San Diego. I want it. So let's try and have an intelligent conversation and say <laughs> something new about this book that is perfect, that we've talked about every issue of, that is perfect. I, it's, it has Blue Beetle and Booster Gold in it, so, man. Like and, that, that's, and Mr. Miracle, yeah, the, them getting and drunk. drunk. Skeets? And even Skeets yeah. somehow was drunk. That was so <laughs> happy to see Skeets like, just flying around like a drunk AI. I uh, didn't even <laughs> notice that. And, and they're using the boom tube as an allegory for Uber, Uber yeah. which is so funny. Or just the, like, <laughs> the, slow, the slow decrease in alcohol as the orange peel slice moves and like you can see yep. that there's a drink being taken but you don't see it. it's like nine panels of oh, a drink uh, is one of the most interesting pages in comics this week yeah. or nine, i didn't realize that was an orange peel slice okay cool yeah or nine panels of scott free slowly sitting down in a shower and Fuck. crying while while barda talks to him about, about other stuff about the party they're having which like that nine panels encapsulates the other issue where they're going through apocalypse and fighting people while they're talking about an unrelated, like while they're talking about rearranging their house, mm-hmm. right? Like issue five or whatever right. that was. The perfect, another perfect And he's wearing issue. a sh- Sheriff of Babylon shirt while he orders a Batman cake. That, like, oh, and that conversation he has with the, the person, you know, like... I have to turn my son in yeah, and all this check, crazy the shit. <laughs> and the, the person like manages to say, like, well, you know, you got to balance positive. Like, what's going to cost you? You really should get a rewards club. It's like free money. Like, I <laughs> love, like, Tom King is, but, okay, okay. This panel, this page of Scott driving through the rain, as I was reading this issue, like, the first panel on that top left there, that was what struck me. And I just sort of stopped and it took my breath away of, like, how does someone even begin to draw that panel? You have like perfect cars, and then you have lights of like what car lo- lights look like in the dark when it's wet out far away before they come into focus through a rainy mirror. Like it, I just like I know that's amazing. I was, I was thinking he must be have looked at photographs how from above a freeway to to get inspired to do that. It I was mean, it's how would you so perfect? Yeah, and. Couple that with the text on that panel where, uh, who is it, Pathseer is telling him, the review you requested is not yet completed, High Father. This is my hesitation. We're attempting to be as thorough as possible in the details. Which is just like a traffic jam. You, you ha- it's a traffic jam. It's you, you need to be able to see when you're driving. Like everything about, uh, they just think about this so much before they do it. This is... I know they both just like won Eisner's last week or whatever. Give them another. Give them another. This is this is the work of people's career. This is some of the finest stuff coming out. I don't. We have two issues left. You know, I was I had felt strongly like the lump was going to be a portion of this earlier on, but this is just 
maybe there's not even some grand chaotic thing. Maybe this is just about a person torn between two worlds. The, the amount that they talked about the suicide at the beginning of the series in this, they just hadn't talked about for the whole series yeah, and then they bring it back. Yeah, but we just like didn't know like was that really happening? Was that before? Was that in his mind? Did we escape that? What level of reality was that? And like, oh, it's just this level of reality. He tried to kill himself. He failed, and now his girlfriend has been staying strong for him and holding this shit together and pretending like it didn't happen. And the fact that she breaks and just are like, what does that make me or what does that make all of this? Like, I need to get the fuck away from you. Mm-hmm. This I keep going back to this checker, for instance, who basically tells them the same thing from what Star Trek Two that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Right. Except he says it in this much more colloquial, poignant, personal, just <laughs> this talking to a guy way. It's beautiful, and it's the life equation. And, uh, right. I know, which ties <laughs> so perfectly into the anti-life equation, which is such a dark side thing. And and the anti-life equation is the life equation. Didn't didn't they say that at some point? Did they say it, it might not have like been that? in the series, but there was maybe it was in the New Fifty Two Justice League where they're like, no, 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 you don't get it. The anti life equation is the life equation. I don't remember that part, but there I was something like that. There's I, and, oh, funky. I love the stuff with mm. funky. Funky is just How? straight up. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, straight up what? What? He's he's uh, uh, Lee. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stanley. Stan I mean, when they first oh. Lee. And, Anyways, I, for, and like I, forget if, I forget if Jack Kirby created Funky Flashman because he first showed up in the 70s in either New Gods or Secret Society of Supervillains. Mm-hmm. And he was Stan Lee then. He's always been Stan Lee. But I love the fact in this he becomes more than that because he's like ch- channeling the baby's imagination into stories. Yeah. Like Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. It, it, this is a lot of... I didn't know that he was Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. That's cool. This is a lot of adult relationships. Yeah, which I fucking love. Also, grown-up relationships, which are not necessarily the same thing. And (laughs) the final two pages of them having this conversation, after having this huge argument, and just like, I don't know, I'm like younger than you guys, and in a relationship that I really like, and don't have super defined, like, parental successful relationship roles so i love that's one of the things i love about fiction is that you learn through fiction and you choose role models through fiction and just seeing these people fight and then i'm reading this i'm just like wow like they're a good relationship so then do they break up they've got these points are they arguing is this unhappiness what does this work are they gonna be able to get through this and the way that they come back to it's like so i thought about it like you know and like this like and they share these ideas, and you can tell that there's still friction there. But she's like, sounds good. I'll come too. And he's like, okay. And there's there's just so much. I, I wouldn't choose to look up to a relationship like that or be able to consider it as something that I should learn from unless it felt really real and really genuine. Mm-hmm. Like that's what makes it feel like a, a, a teachable moment and mm-hmm. – there's just so much reality and experience in these books that is, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, their fight earlier and all of Bart's excellent points. And then the next time we see them, when they're on the couch and he lays his head in her lap and a panel passes, no dialogue, and then she puts her hand, her hand on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just like, <laughs> is she mad? Like, you look like maybe she's actually frustrated with him, but nope, she's distracted, but she puts her hand there and sort of brushes his hair or whatever it is. Yeah. And then they start talking. 
I know you guys haven't tried to put a baby to sleep or had a baby <laughs> wake yet. up after you put it to sleep. The 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 page where she gets pissed and punches the thing, it, it is the <laughs> most perfect. If you would just go to sleep, I could deal with this thing with this other baby that I have, this, this full-grown man with a beard <laughs> baby that I have on my couch. Ugh. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It it's just awesome. I I don't know. It's it's perfect. It's humans in a not human situation yeah. being humans. I love Scott's eyes when she hits that picture. His eyes get so wide. And just like that moment, like I've not experienced that, but he made he like he had done the work for the last several issues to make that moment way on somebody who can't actually experience it in their life. Like they're yeah. talk they talk so much about the struggle of putting him to bed that when they finally do and then they have this argument and immediately starts crying, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> shit. That it's goddamn it now now we're more frustrated with each other. Okay. And, and the little things like the way Scott, you know, we all these things when we're under stress or little place or whatever we, things we do to try and think or decompress. And Scott Free's version of that's getting into this horrible murder ball. It's got all these swords <laughs> yeah. that he climbs inside and then all the swords like puncture the ball. <laughs> and I just love that because the sh- they all sink in and then you just, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I would give almost anything to have his shirt at the bar scene. It's like a cowboy Mr. Miracle <laughs> shirt. It's so. They need to make it. It's so perfect. Yeah. I would, you know what we should do, guys? Let's all grow beards. Okay. I thought about that while reading this. And let's all go to a comic book convention wearing As the, the three shirts of that these. He... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That would be the best cosplay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. Okay, but who is who? None of us are blonde. It's going to dye their hair blonde. I'll dye my... Well, I don't have enough hair to dye. I don't I can't be any of those guys. I don't guys. have thick enough hair to imitate Booster. Fuck, we're going to need wig. wigs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be any of them. But uh I was just thinking if if we went as an army of Scott Freeze wearing the shirts because he's got a different awesome oh, shirt every single day in this series, and he seems to wear more of the Flash than anything else. He does. This is the reverse Flash. I give this a ten. Just, well, it's for sure. We already said ten. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. We need to get those outfits, or we could all be Scott Free. But uh, that Scott Free shirt is amazing. I had thought about it as I was reading. I was like, that is such a Django shirt. Yeah. But it's also a Mitch Garrett shirt. They, the, he wears those exact shirts. Does he? Does he? Yeah. I just love the, the, the subtle. big circles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we get a hold of this artist and see if encourage him to encourage DC to make these shirts? He just won, like, more awards than people are allowed to win. <laughs> he, he's not going to talk. I tweeted him today. He didn't respond to me at all. I... Do you think we'll get a Tom King uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold series? I think that that's <laughs> what this Heroes in Crisis has shown them in it. Really? Booster Gold is well. I don't, sorry, I don't. I don't think that we're going to get a series of the two of them doing shit. But I think they're they're both key figures in Man. Heroes hmm. in Crisis. What I hope doesn't happen is I hope that they don't do any amount of trying to tie this to Heroes in Crisis. I am worried that they're going to try and make it logical from the month-to-month standpoint to go from this to Heroes in Crisis. I don't think they can, because I think that this is an Elseworlds story. 
Because okay. they killed Granny Goodness, and she's still around in that Justice League book that we just read. That, so that makes sense. Right. And, I, and I also think that this book is intended to live on as its own separate thing. They're not even releasing it as two separate six-issue trades. They're waiting to release this as a 12-issue thing. Holy shit. Which is a pretty big deal wow. for yeah. them. They don't usually do that. That's some image shit right there. So 10, 10, 10, 100 times 10, which is 1,000. Listen, if you guys could do decimal issues in this and give us a 1.5, a 2.5, a 3.5, a 4.5, and give us another 12 issues, issues. Yeah. Uh, it could just be nine panels or whatever. I trust them. I just, like, what I tweeted in was, Mitch, how long does it take you to do one panel on a nine-panel grid? Because if it takes him an hour and a half to do one of those, which seems kind of quick to me, mm-hmm. an hour and a half times nine is, you know, that's, mental math. Sure. That's like 18 hours. It's, nope. Yeah. It's not that, but it's like 14 or something-ish, right? <laughs> times 22. Yeah. That's like, uh, uh. <laughs> what is nine times one and a half? Well, he's got to eat. It's 18, 18 hours. 5. He's got to eat. He's got to pee. So I feel like one page a day is I think that's, crazy. I think that's the kind of the, the going assumption for a higher-end artist. A page a day? Is, is an issue a month, which is a page a day with weekends. Right, but that still seems crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. That seems crazy God, to me. this is so good. Although a page a day. And we're, I'm, just, I'm really impressed with the fact that we've gotten this book out in the timely fashion that we have. Mm-hmm. It's been almost a year. Uh, did you guys notice that Blue Beetle and Booster Gold are in this issue? Yeah. Immediately <laughs> thought of Django. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's comic books this week. Later. Not as many this week as some weeks, but every single one was like, there was no book that I was just taking home to check in with. Every no. book yeah, was me. a book that was like, damn. Yeah, me too. I didn't, there, none of these were obligatory reads. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys read anything else that um, you liked? Um... I think so. I mean, I, I read Paper Girls. I thought that was good, and Walking Dead was awesome, too. I read six like, issues of All-Star Superman because we're going to re- record an Infinity Content podcast yep. tomorrow for All-Star Superman. I've read five issues of that. So um, everyone, get look look for that. We're going to record that tomorrow, and hopefully Trevor will have it up pretty soon. But I am incredibly excited to talk about All-Star Superman. I am, too. I also read Scales, of, Scales and Scoundrels number 11, which they announced in this issue. Spoilers. There's only one more issue of this series, then it's ending. Hmm. I don't know if that counts as spoilers, but I, I like. Well, the cre- your they, they say the creators are. It says in here that it was their decision, but okay. it still is ending before they or anyone expected it to. So, huh? I don't really know what that means. Hey, Django. Yeah, but still a listen, great series. I want. I had such a good time reading All Star Superman today. I want us to pick now a podcast book that's like ten to twelve issues for us. What we got to do one. We want to do Watchman. Watchman. Mm-hmm. We want to do <laughs> Grant Morrison's all. You know, Grant Morrison's Batman run. Those are both pretty wow. lofty goals. We yeah. could put we could put the the pedal to the metal and do those. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else on your mind that would be an awesome feature book to because we've been we've been Man. talking about it for like a year. We've wanted to do it. I almost feel like we're chomping Trevor's flavor at this point because we've just been slow to doing it because we're so busy with other stuff. But we've still really wanted to do some book, <laughs> book-focused ones. Let's do Karnak because we did Karnak on Infinity yeah. Content. But, I don't, but then it, no. like, oh, like, we got blew up. Oh, so. <laughs> so no, we got to do one that's like a definitely 
like an us type of thing. Man, I mean, if it could be Frank Whiteley art, that would make me very happy. What if it was uh, John Cassidy art? Are you thinking about Planetary? I am. I know oh. iFanboy just did it, yeah. but and man, you want to read it? We could do twenty-four issues of Planetary. We could. We uh, Watchmen would be good. I'm rereading The Shadow from in oh, yeah. uh, from 1989 right now. How That's, many issues does it have to be? It could be. I mean, whatever, any number of whatever issues. Whatever we could do, it would be great. I mean, like 12 issues is manageable, just because it's like you can kind of do it in like two or three days if you dedicate some time to it and hold most yeah. of it in your head. Mm-hmm. My hesitance with like Watchmen or Grant Morrison's is that it's big enough that you'd almost want to do it all. Right. But then it would. That's like a. It would take a while to do that. What about um um got his name Her- hero of the beach yeah yeah i would love to do that <laughs> but don't i don't want to do that Jing with me would love that. Yeah. <laughs> it, i i've i read it once i would read it again for you each issue <laughs> so i was reading today each issue is like it's supposed to embody an era like the first is like the hmm. you know the golden age the second is the silver age the bronze and the modern age like okay. in terms of tone but it also still fits into this macro story it's just the modern age as of 13 years ago or whatever right 90 Six, 20 years ago? 20 years ago? Jesus. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Yeah. No, 93 is when they they met oh, to start okay. talking about that. So I was four. That's almost 25 years ago. Yeah. That is 25, years, 25 years Holy ago. crap. What about... Oh, you're right. I just ran into the problem you already expressed. I was going to say, what about pre- the first part of Preacher, but then you're going to want to do the, all, or, all of it. Right, right. <laughs> I would love like a 10 or 12 issue story. Yeah. How about a 10 or 12 trade story? We could do Transmetropolitan <laughs> start to finish. I would like to do Transmet. <laughs> it's hard, so man. I would like to do. Yeah, Scout. I mean, what? Yeah. Well, what, what about the listeners? What Knowing those parameters. Oh my what, God. What would what, what you suggest we read? What do you want to hear us talk about? That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. If there's, um, actually, uh, Josh McCormick was in here, and he was just saying that he wanted to hear Infinity Content talk about a Hickman book, and I was like, "Fuck, oh. I want to talk Infinity about Infinity Content." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, love them, love what they're doing, but like, if it's a Morrison or a Hickman book, I want to do it because those are my two favorite yeah. people in the world. Man, what Hickman book would you do? Um, well, he had suggested Ultimates, which I think is a good idea because it's twelve issues. Okay. Hmm. Um, I mean, Wait, Fantastic orig- Four is too big. The original Ultimates? No, the Hickman Ultimates. Which is, I guess, technically oh, Ultimates volume. two. Wait, no. which one did he do? He did volume the four? Ultimates, which I think is technically Volume four. Okay, <laughs> Volume three was Jeff Loeb, and yeah. it was terrible. It was and volumes terrible. one and two were awesome. Yeah, and they were Mark Miller. What other Hickman book would be real good in there? There's some like image ones that are good. Yeah, I mean the Red Mask from Mars was cool. Yeah, um, Red Wing and Pax America or Ramon are my favorites. Yeah. We could just Red do... Wing was only four issues, five issues. Yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah. We could do multiversity is what I was, hmm. but I almost don't want to read that again until they give me an absolute edition. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. That, that one issue was the one I liked. Well, and so that's the other thing about it is I would like to read. I only have read it as it was coming out, and Morrison books are very fun to read as they're coming out, but I feel like 100% of the time you also need to read it gathered as a whole afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a lot to front load into your brain. Yeah. Man. So anyway, you I'll, guys I'll, should let us know. Yeah, <clears throat> and vote for the shadow. <laughs> I read the shadow, but yeah, we would. Really I got the love issues. To, you want to borrow? I would love to every month or every other month do uh, an actual book focused one. Um, give us a call, please. I had a dream um, that Phil, who actually wasn't able to be on soundboard tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry about that, Phil. It, it was. 
we had to get those sweet drug dealing card junkies downstairs here instead. Phil got hurt during the kerfuffle. Yeah, but that's the thing about bikes is that they're more dangerous than cars. Who would have guessed? Well, I got a concussion on a bike. But if you want to call in, dial one first for sure. One. One. 619-663-7336. Call in. I had a dream Phil did last night. Or email us. Or email us. Right? You can yeah. email us. You can email us a question. You can email us a con- comment. You can uh, email us a, an audio file. Yeah. So you can do multiple takes. I don't know if you guys know this, but we do about 15 takes of every single conversation that you hear on this podcast. Yeah. It takes us days <laughs> to finish this. Editing is a chore. Yeah. That's why we let Jeff do it. He's yeah. our chore boy. <laughs> I'm chore guy. Uh, you can email those to info at thecomicsplace.com. T H E C O M I C S P L A C E dot com. T H E C O M I C S P L A C E. A C E. That was the Mickey Mouse show theme song. C O M I C S P L A C E dot C O M. I can't record. Whoa, that's 12. I can't wait to record another podcast tomorrow. Um, Jango, I'm going to miss you, though. It's going to be weird to not have you there. It's you also going to be weird to not be. Steering a ship, so I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> be like a junky uncle. I hope your fans follow kid. you. They're, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna be on the moon. Yeah, I call it the ostracision chamber. Some <laughs> days, <laughs> dude. All I want to do is record more podcasts. That's what I want to do. I'm in. Yeah, I just gotta find time and then things to actually record podcasts for. I got an idea, Jeff. Oh, I don't know if this is gonna make the podcast or not. Oh, oh, uh, what <laughs> if? We recorded a podcast in an alternate location. Mm-hmm. You come over to my place, go over to your place, go out to the beach. I love it. Um, yeah. I love it. Like, like different podcasts in a different place. It's very easy to do. We mm-hmm. packed them up before. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll call it the pack em up. The tour, the, the touring pack em ups. You want to do it in a bar? I want to go to Spokane and do it at Justin's house. <laughs> Justin, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. We're going to stay at your house one night. Oh, and then man. We're... we can have Justin's dad on as a guest. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that idea, but I bet Justin just spit coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everybody. I'm Jeff. What was that, son? Never mind, Justin. We didn't hear anything, Dad. <laughs> I, this was a great week of comic books, enough to give you a spiritual enema from whatever was clogging your emotional pores. I'm Django, and I'm Bunk. <laughs> From the, uh, the Wire. That was, From a, the wire. That was a call yeah. back to that. Uh, yeah, back to the beginning, guys. She. She. I, I'm Roman, and, and, and I, use, I, I use the wire. That's a reference to the wire, right? You didn't get oh, it. Damn. <laughs> I'll see you next week.